head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe mma podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast the pride of limerick the young man named sean sheehan the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 219 of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, a.k.a. Shawnee Podcasts, and today I'm joined by the Shane Lowry of Irish MMA Media. Graham McDonald, as we talk about a fairly boring weekend of MMA last weekend, and hopefully a fairly exciting MMA weekend next weekend. So, Graham, how are you? How are things? Are you good? Yeah, I can't complain, uh, except for the weather is turned again. I think... I think I'm always talking about the weather now. I must be yeah, old, but it's just it's terrible. And my bike just the back wheel just I had to wheel the bike back there. It's terrible. Back something gone on with the back wheel. Are you doing Wheeling. cycling anyway? The fuck's wrong with you? Like are you eight yeah. years old or something? That's 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 what I get. That's, exactly that's what I get for cycling. Back wheel goes all dodgy on me. Yeah, and I'm so meant to talk about the that. Wheel as well. the fucking thing home. I was just at a nine year old's birthday party there for like the last three hours, and I got the sweatiest I've been in years playing indoor soccer. <laughs> <laughs> playing indoor soccer kicking around the ball kicking ball is there anything better than trying to kick a soccer ball into a basketball hoop it's it's great like when you do it there's nothing better Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, it's great it's a great bit of crack sure, these things and i also had there was a huge speaker there and i got to control it with bluetooth and play loads of songs and i did, did delete load of, loads of songs off my playlist and guess there was courses and stuff in them but anyway good Just weekend anyway. Go. good weekend do you have a good weekend yourself you're doing a bit yeah, of yeah. drinking and messing and bollocksing and stuff you are yeah, well, um, no, I haven't really been drinking that much recently. Just the odd, the odd point here or there, but nothing, nothing serious. Like, uh, nothing on my garage anyway. Ah, Jesus definitely, definitely not. <laughs> no one's that bad. Like, come on, fuck yeah. the hell, God, uh, God bless. But uh, yeah, before we start, I suppose just want to give a shout out to everyone. Did we? Did we, did, oh, yeah, yeah. Did we talk on this podcast? I think you and PC mentioned it, but uh, that face app Noah McGrath put up. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's actually hilarious how little difference there is. Like everybody else looks so different. Everybody, you know, I just looks like yeah, a couple of years it'd be like that. Like. I I look the same. I didn't like, realize after a bad night out drinking, like hung over to shit, like probably look like that. Yeah, I didn't realize we did that in the podcast. <laughs> virtually, virtually identical. Virtually identical. <laughs> it was virtually identical. Fairness, yeah, but uh, yeah, that face app thing. Did you hear it's all t- taken over by Russians or some shit. It's owned by Russia. I've had that face app for like a year on my phone. Yeah, so be was, afraid. Be very afraid. Yeah, They're going to get your details. Like another thousand other companies have yeah. your details. As I, as I was saying to PT, I'll see on mine. It's fucking Wikipedia pages of cage rage <laughs> shows from like fifteen years ago. That's all I'll see on mine anyway. So feel, feel free to take it. But sure, look, these things happen in MMA anyway. As Shane Lowry <laughs> just seen the fucking grey pot there oh no almost windy open but um uh, shout out false. fake news fake, fake news. news he's just about to, to put it in here Irishman about to win the the major I don't know yeah. anything about golf really but so uh, it's well, always nice to see Irish men doing well in, in sport and Irish is, women it is it is it's you know especially now lawfully man like it's great for people outside of Dublin I love like there's a lot of success outside of Dublin. It makes me even happier. Someone from Dublin wins it. It's yeah. You know, they're they're not really Irish, you know. They're kind of they're like you know. They're like it's like Catalonia or something over in Spain or <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. But you know what I mean. Like they're, Dublin people are they're like a different. I don't know. There there's like a big divide between Dublin and the rest of the country. I think you know. Folks, I don't know. I think all the the neighboring counties pretend they're they're Dublin, like Bray. That's and true. But a lot of Wichita, Mar is there, loud. Like they all just pretend to be. 
pretend to be Dublin. Aren't Everybody wants to be Dublin, let's be honest. Don't lots of people just kind of move out to the Arizona because houses are a lot cheaper and you have the Lewis and stuff and you can get in like 20 minutes into the city centre? Yeah, Dublin's small as well, so pretty much anywhere is like half an hour away if you have if you have a car decent. Well, the public transport's horrific, but yeah. Lewis is great, though. Jeez, Lewis is fantastic. The best thing ever because people from not <laughs> outside of Dublin can get into Dublin. Re- they made it better recently, but it, it really only covers a tiny portion of, of the city. I suppose, yeah. That's all. That's, yeah. When I'm going to Crow Park, I'm going to Crow Park. I go to like London or like something like that, where I was, I was a couple of weeks ago. It's just so much better the, the infrastructure for for public transport I suppose yeah I'll be going to um, Crow Park there next Saturday and the, the closest Lewis stop sure, you, can't, like, you can't stop coming up to Dublin any I know, excuse I know I'll be in Dublin on Tuesday as well a couple of fighters in a gym on a Tuesday and you're up here like. yeah I will I'll be up on Tuesday if there's anyone around who wants to find me a pint after that I'll, I'll be getting my train down at, at uh, 5 o'clock so meet me in Houston <laughs> Afterwards, there if you, want a, if you want a bit of a chat or anything, but yeah, twice to Dublin now. I'll have to get my shots if anyone knows where I can get shots. But yeah, I suppose we better talk a bit about MMA before we do that. Shout out to some of the people who signed up on Patreon this week uh, Dara and two Andrews, James, Marty, Brian, Angus, and a few more as well. Thanks very much, lads. God bless you all. Uh, if anyone else wants to sign up, patreon.com forward slash severe podcast. If you sign up there, you can get loads of podcasts. There's probably like, I don't know, like 500 podcasts up there already from the last year. You can listen to all of them, like 50 or 60 rewatches. I go back and watch a fight uh, every week. Uh, and uh, a podcast with Pizzi from last week as well, talking about the state of Irish MMA. That's a really, really interesting one. Uh, Pizzi kind of gave me an update on what's happening. And, you know, what we, we usually talk about, it's good to get another voice on that. So uh, there's that. And myself and Graham this week as well, we did um, a look back at UFC Dublin from five years ago. It was five years ago this week. So that's an interesting one as well. I actually had a few people uh, text me about that and say it's a really interesting podcast kind of a good perspective of kind of Graham being there covering it me being in the crowd as well so you have the kind of two different perspectives that's actually up for free as well on this feed so if you haven't that's good to uh, your brother to send in that message first it actually wasn't my brother no (laughs) I can't say who it was because they might want me saying it but anyway someone did say but anyway let's talk about these fights last night and this was a fucking shit UFC card wasn't it (laughs) let's be honest I'm not going to come in here and sugarcoat it it was it looked looked on, on course to be the what was it? The most decisions ever in a UFC event. Yeah. It was the first, the first seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Eight like, in a row, yeah. But then, obviously, uh, serious knockout by Dan Hooker to, to bring it to a halt. And after that, there was there was all finishes until the main event. So, if you just watched the main card, you probably would have thought that was pretty good. Like, but if you watched the whole card, it was very slow, and the the it was so slow that the prelims overran by like 15, 20 minutes into the into the main card. Yeah, and I suppose they were kind of lucky. Um, Zach Candido, the guy who runs kind of the production for the UFC, was was saying they were kind of, you know, they were on ESPN and they went straight to ESPN for the main card as well. So they were kind of lucky, I suppose, they were there if it was a pay per view, you know, and it had run any bit more. I think they probably would have been maybe not in trouble, but they would have had to switch things up. I know they have. Another... Well, they would have stuck it as a dark match at the end. I think they did that before with mm-hmm. a John Fitch fight on on years and years ago. Yeah, maybe. I thought maybe Dana know. just wanted an excuse to fucking move Fitch move to the Fitch. end and nobody had to see <laughs> yeah, him. Put an extra fight, started 15 minutes late. Yeah, it could have been. But yeah, it was, it, it was certainly a weird card. Like, and if if you look at like the undercard, I think we spoke about it last week that there was some good fights coming up through it. But then on the undercard, you know, you had the Roxanne Modafferi Jennifer Maya fight. Not a great fight uh, at all. The, the first two. I won't have a bad word said about Roxy. <laughs> the, she walked out to face the van, actually. So that was that was the best thing yeah. she ever did. What more did. do you want? Yeah. What more do you want? Like, you're a hard man to please. Yeah. The the Mar- Mario Batista fight uh, versus uh, Jin Su Sun was actually a good fight. That one fight at night. Um, the Sam Alvey fight, you know, kind of a typical Sam Alvey fight. Not a great fight. He complained, even though I think he, he clearly lost. The, I really enjoyed the Aldana Pennington fight, actually. I think that was the, the best fight kind of up towards the top. How did you score it? 
I thought Aldana won 29-28, but it was very, very close. You know, I, I, I think Pennington... See, the thing about that is, I think Pennington was landing more power shots a lot of the time, but Aldana was landing a lot of power shots too, and also a lot of, you know, a lot of smaller shots and things like that. It was very close, and you know, if it's just power shots versus a few power shots and a few, uh, and, and a lot of, of smaller shots, the, the big power shots are going to win, but I don't think there was that much of a disparity disparity yeah. even between the, the power shots. second round, really, wasn't it? Like, it was a very close round. Yeah. I probably would have had it for Aldana, but I wasn't, like, watching it close enough to score it's one of them rounds where you, you probably have to pay you have to watch it back and yeah. pay attention to to get it right they were all either, pretty yeah, it wasn't like any kind of bad decision or anything i knew it could have went either way when they were when they were announcing it yeah even that third round where pennington was kind of laying on top of her kind of sitting on top of her when you know she got stuck in that leg lock or heel hook or whatever it was and she was pounding her way in the head even that you know there was a good few shots when you know she was hammer fisting her but she was kind of stuck on top of a lot of it and aldana kind of had been winning it uh up until then so that was even close i i definitely would have given the third to Pennington, all right, but the first one or two were they were kind of board picker rounds, really. This is a fight that could have been 30 27 either way, and I don't think it would, there would have been that many complaints. Although the third for Pennington probably would have been, but yeah, good fight, a close fight. I really like Aldana's style, it's just that no nonsense go forward, and it's not just go forward like you know, Leslie Smith and, and land 50 shots and you know, miss 150 of them and still win the decision. You know, it's actually landing power shots and getting in there as well, and and uh. You know, do, doing her work, and I, I really enjoyed that one. And, you know, Pennington, a good win for her. I think Ariel tweeted it was 2016 or something when she last won a fight against Misha Tate at UFC 200. So that's a kind of a good comeback win Misha for her there. fucking hell. Yeah, mad, mad. Uh, Alice Caceres then, the featherweight division, beat Stephen Pearson in, in a bit of a mad fight. Yeah, he, he had a bit there. of a... He broke his hand, but he did well. I think I think it was Dominic Cruz kept mentioning how well he was doing, mixing it up, and kind of... He, he threw the hand a little bit, but he, he you could see that it was... That it was kind of uh, limited, but he he did he's he he had a couple of sticky situations where he he got, he got his back taken in the first round, I think it was, but he he remained calm and he's uh he's a good fighter, Bruce Leroy, but he just he just hasn't really progressed like maybe you, you thought he would, but his his fundamentals are much better than when we first saw him coming through mm-hmm. the Ultimate Fighter, but uh, you know Stephen Peterson's not really the the, the best the best opponent, but uh, I do enjoy an Alex Leroy fight. Me too, yeah. Alex Leroy, Bruce Leroy, uh, Alex, Alex Bruce Leroy. Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like, I like him as well. He's one I of like those, him so much that I don't know his name. Indeed, he's one of those lads that I always think is going to find a way to lose, even though he fights. You know, a bit like Alan Philpott over here in Ireland as well. He's like, I think he's a really good fim- fundamental guy, being around for a long time, has lots of fights. He's always fighting, but sometimes he just has some finds, tricky things as well yeah. that he can throw in there, like spinning yeah. backfish. You got to worry about. Mm-hmm. Just kind of finds a way to lose at times, and you feel like guys like that. If if someone could take from, they could turn around and go on a few fight of a winning streak and I think Alex Caceres is like that as well you know and maybe this is the start of a now good win for him here I like I I think I think skill wise he fought, fought Cran Gracie I was sure he was going to win that fight but he found a kind of a way to lose that one as well and Cran Gracie did did well yeah, he's inconsistent like he he's always been inconsistent but mm-hmm. like um, that Gracie fight I, I I think I picked uh Bruce Leroy as well but we we always kind of knew that if if it was hit the ground, it, it probably wouldn't last long. Mm-hmm. But you know that's that's a, that's that's no shame in that because of how good Gracie is. That is true. On the that is true. And then the main card, uh, Andrei Arlovsky versus Ben Rothwell. This was kind of one uh, of those. I thought fights. Arlo- yeah, I thought Arlovsky looked. He looked good. The yeah. best he's looked in 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 a while. Like he came out hard and looking for the finish. I think as well. Like he he got hit, clipped a couple of times early, and he kind of was, I think he kind of thought, okay, let's let's go for this. And uh, he, he put a lot of damage on Rothwell. I think Rothwell might have had something wrong with his hand as well. He kept kind of kept kind of grabbing at his hand. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was mentioned, but. Um, 
yeah, it was a good fight. Uh, it looked like it was going to be an, an early finish the way they were going at it early. And but both of them, like both of them, showed a good chin. Like Arlowski in the past, people have said his chin is gone, and and it kind of was gone. But uh, he was getting knocked out pretty easily. But maybe smarter training and a bit of rest for his brain might have might have um, helped there, or maybe maybe it's just not the same kind of power in Rotwell's punches anymore. Yeah, for a guy as well who was getting knocked out a lot, this I think that's eight decisions now in a row, and at the heavy at the heavyweight division, that's fucking insane. Like to go that far, that, then, that was 30, 30 heavyweight fights as well. Oh, that's, I think that's madness, like it's insane, isn't it? Yeah, it's fucking the amount madness. of time he's been in there. Like, is, mm-hmm. is I don't know what it is, but it must be a lot. Like he's been around since uh, since I started watching the UFC, and he's he's still winning. You know, it's it's yeah. it's very impressive. In fairness, like you, people thought he was done. In a similar way, maybe to over him, like years ago, people thought he was done. Yeah, and maybe the same could kind of be said for Ben Rotwell now as well. You know, he didn't look good to me at all. He looked like he was old, and you know, he's coming off of a a two year Usada suspension. I know he had the the one fight against Belial even out there not not too long ago. Um, having you know having served his suspension, and you know he's been around for a long time as well. As you mentioned, he has forty eight fights. Arlovsky's a lot of fights as well. His first fight was in two thousand and one, so he's been around for a long, long time as well. And obviously, this was a rematch of the fight they had way, way back. I think it was in you know eleven years ago or something like that, and in affliction where Arlovsky won via KO in the third round as well. And even in the third round here, Ben Rotwell was going at him a bit hard, wasn't he? <laughs> he was kind of he was yeah. kind of coming on. You thought he was maybe going to get the knockout, but. Uh, yeah, there was no real popping his punches. I was very no. sloppy from Rotwell late in the fight, but he was, he was still, in fairness to him, trying to get inside and land the punches. But it just wasn't happening for him. Merlowski was too was moving too much, and Rotwell couldn't keep up and just was taking a lot of damage as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, from this point on in the card, I was kind of falling asleep because I had about two hours <laughs> sleep the night before, and I didn't. So d- d- this these two decisions, I went back and I watched the main event. I didn't get a chance to go back and watch Dan Hooker, James Vick. How did you score that? Everyone seemed, or sorry, uh, Alexander well, no, Hernandez. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Uh, Hernandez Trinaldo. How did you score that? Everyone was giving out mad about that, saying it was a robbery. How did you score? Yeah, that? I think the way Trinaldo reacted was was part of it. But I, I thought, yeah, I thought Hernandez won the fight. Uh, it, it wasn't uh, like it, the rounds were close, but uh, yeah, I think I think Hernandez took the first two, and I'd have to go back and watch it more closely. Like. Uh, I don't know. I have a tendency, kind of during these these fights, to I, I used to kind of score them automatically, but now I kind of just forget to score them sometimes, mm-hmm. unless I know, oh, this is a fight, like you know, a big fight that we're going to have to talk about. Yeah, yeah, and so, this fight as well. Like it was one of those fights. Like, I wasn't like it wasn't like when the decision was read. I, I thought like I uh, was probably correct, but I didn't. I didn't expect a reaction. It was one of those fights where very little happened as well, wasn't it? I mean, especially the first kind of two, maybe two rounds of the first round. Anyway, there was nothing happening. I remember thinking after the first round last night, I was like, that could be a fucking ten ten round. It was very goes, and obviously, you know, people they'll they'll find a way to score it, but it was. It was just not not a great fight. You know, it was one of those fights in in this card where. You know, we were looking at the the record kind of coming up for all the decisions in a row, and I believe this was the giant the record, or maybe it was just one off it still for the most consecutive uh, decisions in a row. So it was, you know, not, not a classic fight. I like Alexander Hernandez for Francisco Trinaldo is always a tough matchup for anyone, so it was it was a good one for him to I suppose to get through. And I still think he's you know he's a top prospect. Still doesn't have that much experience and stuff in, in the UFC. I know he's fought some good guys, but. You know he's he's still kind of a prospect more than anything, and I think fifteen hard minutes against Ronaldo will will, will set him uh, will set him in in good light going forward. But your boy Dan Hooker then got a a beautiful KO over 
over James Vick just threw that fake uh, right hand and then came over the top with the left hook and knocked him out thing of beauty really wasn't it yeah it was it was it was beautiful uh like James Vick is we talked about it before the fight James Vick is like a long guy and he has some power himself he's not he's no easy fight but uh just hooker has just improved improved a lot recently I know Vick is, is much improved since we saw him on the ultimate fighter originally but in in recent fights I just think hooker even though he's he's coming off a loss wasn't he uh, yeah, he was. He lost to Edson Barboza. Yeah, Barboza. Yeah, you know that's no, that's that's a really tough fight. Like, and sometimes a loss like that can make can make you better. But I think I I think I I def, I, I thought he was going to win, but I didn't think he'd win that emphatically and that easily. And he, I think I don't know what age he is, but I think he's improving a lot. And you know, it's it's a it's a really difficult division. Let's let's make like it's probably the most stacked division in in mma 155 like there's mm-hmm. just so many good guys there but you know when you're beating people like like vic like it's time for a step up again like you know when you're beating them that easily like barboza obviously it, it was maybe showed that he's not quite there yet but if you're beating vicky there's not many yeah not, not many people you can give him except for the barboza level people and maybe maybe he has taken something from that that loss that being finished with a body punch that maybe he's taken something from that that he that he can take and you know use against somebody of the caliber of Barboza maybe it was a bit of an off night for him you know and who knows what was going on around the camp maybe it's a bad way you never know what's going on like mm-hmm. so I, 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 I think like Dan Hooker even though it's a really stacked division I think he could kind of make himself a top six top seven guy um, I don't really see him ever winning the title but like from from the the hopes I had from when I first saw him in the UFC to now is he's he's come on leaps and bounds so maybe he can do that again. Yeah, that is true. I, I would mind seeing him fighting Alexander Hernandez. You know they fought on the same night last night. Obviously, yeah, UFC likes doing that. Lads who who fought straight away. Yeah, they used to do it more. I think today, like under yeah. Joe Silva. I suppose they did. But did, I was looking at the rankings last night after this fight, and I was kind of looking who he could fight because as you said, I was thinking the same thing. James Vick is one of those guys that's a top ten guy. I I would put him close to that anyway. And if you're beating him, you should be probably fighting in the top five or six guy but all them guys are kind of matched up or else he's fallen before or whatever with you know with Barboza so I, I think Hernandez that fight makes makes a bit of sense and, and keep going you have to win like it's no good on, in um <clears throat> in the lightweight division winning yeah, one or two like, fights think, you have to win yeah. like six fights it's in a row to, kind uh, of step down on your days I don't know, but I think you kind of need to do that in the lightweight division. I think it's about getting on a winning streak and getting the proper wins in a row. Because if he wins, say if he beats yeah, Hernandez, what Tony Tony Ferguson kind of did, like yeah. he's kind of won enough fights in a row that he kind of had to be considered for the that's it, yeah, for the title or the interim title shot with his case. But um, like if you look up the the top of the division, like it, it is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Like there's some very very tough guys there, but like Alaya Quinta. Like, yeah, I was thinking about that as well. Is, is Al fighting someone though? I think he, I think oh, he, he might be. But I, that seems like a fight that Al definitely wouldn't take either. <laughs> you know, Al likes the the kind of big names or the, the big money fights, maybe or the, the main events, and I don't think that would probably be one. But you know, maybe with this big card coming up over in um, over in Australia, and he wants to be on that, maybe that entice Al Quinta. You know, he'd probably yeah. be third from the top or whatever. So what about a Charles Oliveira. Yeah, that'd be a good fight as well. Yeah, that and Charles would probably take that, I suppose. Although he's kind of been on a good run as well, so. Yeah, like uh, with lightweight, you could just give me fighter A versus fighter B, yeah, and it's going to be a good fight. Like. Yeah, for mm. for Hooker, like stick him in there with Gaethje. Obviously, that's always an option. <laughs> yeah, uh, Gaethje versus Cowboy was announced actually this week. That's a good fight as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. That should be uh, that should be good. It should be probably a quick night for for Gaethje. <laughs> Do you think so? 
Yeah, I think so. I think the the pressure with the boxing that he'll bring early. Throny's just coming off a vicious beating as well, so. Mm. Yeah, mm. I, I don't you never know, know Throny though. He's inconsistent. You, you never know which Throny's going to turn up, and kind of like with RDA, if he if he gets a good start, he's kind of a good front runner. But if he goes behind, he's it all goes to shit. Mm-hmm. That is true. Um, and I suppose we'll talk about that more more when it comes. Then you had the the Greg Hardy Juan Adams uh, fight, which is one well, everybody was waiting for all yeah. home month, and then it turned out to be shite as well. Uh, Nobody was waiting for that. By no, the way. no, no. <laughs> Juan Adams went for a star power of Greg Hardy. Juan Adams went for a takedown. Greg Hardy did a good job of kind of turning it around and not getting on top. Was there kind of... was Brock Lesnar's only advice when he was the <laughs> good fighter, yeah, <laughs> good cornerman? Wizard, wizard. I can't remember what my friends, but what my friends said. We were watching that he's like why does he keep saying wizard <laughs> he's saying he's not saying wizard <laughs> turn, turn chicken shit into chicken salad remember that and tony ferguson got really mad at him why are you calling me fucking chicken shit i'm not a fucking chicken shit <laughs> i scrambled his egg six months ago you can't unscramble eggs <laughs> that season was great actually wasn't uh, it Bro- brock lesnar like the most unlikable man ever and they found him on tv but it was fucking hilarious but yeah, yeah. his voice during all his promo is so funny as well like mm. it's just so unexpected every time yeah, he's a great man but uh this this one adams as i said he went for the takedown greg hardy hardy did a good job of kind of getting to his knees and pushing the head down as you say with the wizard uh and then just started beating on him with hammer fists and punches to the face and Juan Adams didn't move. Dan Roglada gave him fair warning. Uh, he told him to move. He told him to move. And Juan Adams, Takenori Gomi style, or Takenori Sato even style, held on to that leg and didn't let it go and got finished. And he can have absolutely no complaints. He did have complaints afterwards, but it's his, no one but his own fault. He should have, like, if he had just let go of that single leg, gone back, stood up, even got to his back or whatever, you know, the fight would have gone on. But he just he didn't heed the warning he just stood there getting beaten wasn't intelligently defending himself was just holding there for way too long i think someone counted it. he'd like 32 unanswered punches or something you just can't do that like so it's it's his own fault but uh over like before that he was touching up greg hardy with that, that just jab and stuff and hardy was taking those shots and yeah. he wasn't taking he them right down like a, yeah he wasn't taking them though like uh, he was taking him like a bit like Brock Lesnar would take him remember back in the day when he kind of get hit hard and like oh fuck I better do something else here he was taking him like that he he didn't come across to me as a man who's used to getting punched in the face you know he's he's more used to punching people all different sorts of people um, but it was it was one of those fights hey, where careful mentioning him because there's consequences you, you do not hear yeah, the man sorry you might come and beat the shit you out of me you mention his yeah. name there's, there's consequences yeah so it's yeah. I don't know this whole Greg Hardy thing it's just I don't know. It feels like... Why are the UFC doing this to themselves? Like, I I don't think he's ever going to be anything. He's not particularly good, like... Okay, he's, he used to be an NFL player and stuff, but he left the NFL in disgrace and nobody really likes him there. It's not like, you know, you have Tom Brady coming in here fighting and he's going to be a big draw or something. It's like... it's Tom Brady fighting would be absolutely hilarious. It would. I, he'd be good, though. He's a fucking good athlete, like... Get, Definitely not. Get Shane Lowry in there fighting. Fucking high-class he's athlete. Like 40-something, is he not? Isn't sure, it's fucking... He'd be heavyweight, would he? What weight is he? Tom Brady, yeah. he's, he's, he wouldn't be as uh, good an athlete as a lot of a lot of guys in the NFL. <laughs> he's gonna have well as the guys in the NFL. Yeah, I thought we were gonna I say. Think he would, I think he would tell you that himself. Probably yeah. like he's more he's more of a like the quarterbacks in, in the NFL are really protected now, and that suits Brady. Like he doesn't want to be taking big hits and stuff. Yeah, I suppose. What team do you support? The Vikings, is it? Vikings, yeah. See, Brett Favre said he was coming back. Is that actually true, or was that just true? What age is he, like 55 yeah, like or something? Yeah, it should be grand. They're being protected. It'll be fine. Sure, look. These things happen in MMA anyway. Uh, speaking of 55-year-olds... Back, though, that's what I want to know. I don't know. It should be soon now, wouldn't it? 
They only play for like, like no, they made an announcement there two months a year. He just go, but I don't know. Yeah, fuck him. Never liked him. Uh, speaking of fifty-five-year-olds, Alexi Olnick went in and got fucking oh, so so smashed sad. by Walt Harrison in twelve seconds. Uh, fucked up his knee as well. I believe Ariel said he he had a fractured uh, leg or ankle or something as well. So that was that was tough. Harris came in through that George Masvidal flying knee. Uh, it kind of jarred Olnick rather than hurt him. I hit him to the body. Kind of missed. Uh, and then hit he with the, came with the left yeah, hand to the ear over and, and kind of floored him. And as he was going down, Olnick kind of twisted his leg slash ankle. And as Dominic Cruz said, I hope it's his ankle and not his knee. <laughs> you know, which is you can hear the the kind of the heart in Dominic Cruz's voice as he said that. You know, with with experience behind him and. Uh, Sure, you can, you can just Dan Kelly it and just like stick straps on everywhere yeah. every ground. Yeah, All he needs is to get hold of you for a second and then he'll be choked. He's old enough for that anyway at this stage, I suppose. But Walt Harris is a guy as well, you know, who's been kind of hanging around for a long time and in the heavyweight division, he's put you know two wins in a row together now. He had that uh split decision win and it was overturned after he tested positive for something against uh against Arlovsky back in 2018 and he'd beat Daniel Spitz as well before that. So you know, he's kind of on a bit of a run here as well. And in that the heavyweight division, as I said, when you get on a bit of a run. Um, it's 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 good. You're not too far away. It's like the exact opposite of lightweight. Like Tony Ferguson, you're going fucking ten fights in a row, eleven fights in a row, whatever. And you're still not even getting a title shot. And he is like three or four in a row now, and he could get one pretty soon if did you know if the uh, the heavyweight division kind of works out the way it is now because. Obviously, you know, with, with my Ochic fighting DC and what happens to DC after that? Will he go down to 205 pounds? Will he retire? Will What will he do? Will he fight John Jones? You know, anything could happen. So, you know, let's say if that belt is gone, Daniel Cormier goes here. I'm not fighting at heavyweight anymore. It's gone. You've obviously fancy Singano left there then as well. Steve has just lost two title shots in a row and he's probably won't get another one. So who, who would be next? You know, Walt Harris is close enough to that. Like, so he'd be in with a shout for that as well. So at heavyweight, it's... It's an odd one as well, so that was a, a, definitely a good win for him. But um, the main event, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good fight, maybe not not a classic fight. I gave it a five point eight in my ratings. I thought it was pretty one sided, as I said last week. In, when it's in the fives, it's kind of a one sided fight with with quality, uh, while at the same time not being a classic. Is that how you kind of saw it too? Yeah, it kind of looked a lot like we kind of talked about or we kind of thought it would look. Yeah. Um, Leon Edwards was just a little bit better everywhere and if he could get it going early, we, we, we talked about RDA is like a good front runner but when, it go, when he gets behind, it, it kind of all falls apart for him. So that's kind of what happened. Um, th- he had his moments but he landed a few shots but it was it was pretty one-sided yeah it was in fairness you know our, um, Edwards got that early takedown in the first and I think once I saw that you know I talked about it last week on the podcast and I said kind of that if he can get that takedown early and throw RDA around a bit you know we've seen before RDA against Habib and in, in more recent fights that he's lost as well, uh, was it Usman or someone kind of throwing him around the place? And if you're going to kind of out-wrestle RDA, it not only, you know, he not only gets dominated in the wrestling, but it also kind of fucks up his striking a little bit because when RDA is kind of at his best, as you, as you kind of always say, throwing that big left hook and stuff like that, it it's, it's when you really see the best of RDA. But when the wrestling threat is there, he can't throw that as much. And then it affects his striking as well. So I think that's what happened there. You know, lots of clinches and stuff from Edwards. And he was doing well hitting that big elbow uh, in that as well. In round two, he hit him with that elbow in the middle of the cage. And, and that big yeah, uh, head elbows. kick as well. That head kick was, was really good as well. RDA did good to, to, to take that. RDA got a big cut in. But he was landing a lot of low kicks as well. He did he did well to land the low kicks. And that was kind of keeping him in the fight. I think it was a barbaric 
kind of second round the both of them are beating the shit out of each other but the third was kind of the domination then for for edwards another elbow and another head kick again he kind of did that in every round and a good clinch and the, the leg kicks were the only kind of answer again from rda uh, in the fourth uh edwards is hand, ha- landing harder it looked like it was a kind of a close round but edwards was definitely winning nice elbow and it was a takedown from a flying knee uh, as well the 50 and i thought rda actually won the fifth it was it was uh his best round uh edwards was a little bit more defensive kind of running away a little bit uh, you know waiting for the decision uh and uh, and that was it and i had a 49 46 if you had a 50 45 uh, i think that's a fair scorecard as well but all in all dominant for for leon edwards Maybe not the great display that you need to get a big fight, but it's he's hard, hard guy to, yeah. to do against. Yeah, he's he's tough. Uh, RDA, like we talk about him, kind of falling apart against if he doesn't get the lead. But he's like against most fighters, he would get the lead. He's relentless uh, when he does as well when he starts well. But uh, Edwards is just he's just so well rounded. We talked about it last week. He's he's. Doesn't, doesn't we haven't seen it really yet? But we might see a weakness now when he steps, or if he does step up and fight somebody like Masvidal, which he called for afterwards. Which I think it makes sense. I think uh, fight wise, but I don't, I don't know if Leon Edwards is as well known as he should be for what eight or nine fights in a row uh, in a really good division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing about it is as well. Do you do the UFC want to make that fight? Because if they did, I think you're probably getting rid of Masvidal then. Because I think Edwards would would handle him fairly easily. To be honest, I I don't think, you know, I don't think that's. Yeah. I, I think it's a good fight actually because Masvidal is, has good takedown defense as well. Edwards would probably find it hard to take him down, and he's you know very very good striking as well, boxing at least. And it would be a good fight when I say Edwards beat him easily. That was a bit harsh maybe, and I think about it a bit more now, but. You know, did I want to risk Masvidal after that because of kind of that highlight reel knockout and he's on, you know, the Dan Libertard show and he's kind of seems to be all over the place after that fight. Maybe they should... Yeah, that's what I mean about yeah. kind of Edwards not being the big enough name mm-hmm. to, to risk it. Like, because, okay, I probably think Edwards would win as well, but e- either way, it's not going to be an easy fight for, for Masvidal. And he's got a bit of momentum at the moment. He's kind of coming into his own as a personality. So, obviously, that, that knockout was when went everywhere because it can be made into a gif or whatever mm-hmm. uh so yeah i think it's, it, it probably would be will be a bit of a bad decision to, to make the fight but i think it would be a, a good fight and for edwards he probably deserves a fight like that but for for masvidal i can understand why they wouldn't do that or why he wouldn't want to do that fight yeah and looking at the rankings there as well you know you're you're talking Usman, Woodley, Covington, Masvidal, and then you have Dasanyos. So, is, is he going to get someone bigger than Dasanyos? That's that's hard to see. That Darren Till, Stephen Thompson, Anthony yeah, Pettis. He's already lost to Usman. I know it was a while ago, but mm-hmm. he probably has to do a bit more to get that. So, you're looking at like maybe like what's Woodley going to do? Going to do? Is he booked? Uh, I don't think he is. I know. I think he was he was injured and stuff. But it's. It's where do you go next with, with Leon Edwards? Like, and there's you know Ponzinibbio's around there as well. It's hard. maybe that's the fight to make. Darren Till, they're probably not going to do that because mm-hmm. Englishman versus Englishman and doesn't really make all that much sense to to give Darren Till such a such a hard fight and try to build him back up. It's probably more likely. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Boy. Yeah, I like that fight. That that fight makes a lot of sense. I think Wonderboy is liked in in England as well. Maybe that's a fight that could headline it's the really card over in England. Tough fight for 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 Leon Edwards. It I is. Think. Yeah, I think that's probably the, the toughest fight for him up around. Well, you know, there's a lot of tough fights up around there. Don't get me wrong, but it's a tough style matchup for him as well, especially. But and and Wonderboy is the guy as well. You know, whenever we talk about Leon Edwards. And it's kind of unusual, I suppose, to talk about. Well, it's maybe not as unusual as it, as as it should be, but 
uh, as it is, uh, you know, he's very well-rounded. Like, and when he, you were talking about him dominating someone, we're talking about him wrestling and out, out wrestling and out striking him like he did to the Sanyas. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it's, I know it's a weird kind of a new trend when it really shouldn't be, but we still don't actually see it that often for someone to kind of unanimously beat a person in both realms like he did to Dos Anjos last night. That's what happened. And, you know, we maybe we aren't hyped enough about Leon Edwards after that unbelievable display last night to just beat him from pillar to post in, in two different sorts of ways. But against Wonderboy, I think it's it's funny to say it, but... When you're fighting Wonderboy, you can kind of take away the wrestling domination, if, if that makes any sense. Because Wonderboy is very, very hard to take down. He's developed his game to avoid takedowns at all costs. And almost nobody ever takes him down. You know, unless it's Woodley coming in and has hit him with a big shot and then get, gets him down. You know, he's very, very, very difficult to take down. So he's if he fought Edwards, Edwards would have to probably beat him on the feet. Which makes it an even more intriguing fight to see if he can solve the puzzle of Wonderboy, which... You know, nobody really has been able to solve so far, apart from uh, Pettis landing that big, uh, that big knockout blow. You know, even Woodley in the second fight, a lot of people didn't think that w- that he won that in the first fight. Maybe a lot more people kind of did, even, and uh, even though it was a draw. But yeah, look, Leon Edwards very, very impressive again, and looking forward to to see what he does next. But um, let's move on to next week's card, UFC. 240, my boy Frankie Edgar taking on <laughs> Max. Actually, hold on. Before you've been calling for a title shot for him for, for I don't know how long. He'll be the losingest UFC title, losingest. title challenger ever if he loses this. And next week, there'll be no one ever in the history of the UFC who's lost more title fights than Frankie Edgar if he loses next Saturday. So there you go. But come here to me. Is Did, Uriah Faber number two? No, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, him, him and Uriah are, are level at the moment. Uriah has like seven altogether when you t- count the WEC. He's, well, he's so. on the way for another one now. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be counting my chickens yet if I was Frankie yeah, Edgar. A, <laughs> <laughs> himself and so, yeah. Jesus, he actually is. You're right. I didn't think about that. But, um, what about did you <laughs> did you see Daniel Cormier's detail thing again? I feel like this could be a re- oh, no, reoccurring. Oh my god, this could be a reoccurring oh, spot in the show, done. right? <laughs> they were showing right this week's is going to be Conor McGregor, right? So they showed a clip of Conor McGregor versus Max Holloway, but it was Max Holloway hitting McGregor when he went in for to like land a flying knee or something like that. It's like they showed a clip of Conor McGregor getting a hit in a fight he won at thirty twenty seven with one leg. <laughs> it's like okay, thirty twenty six on one card as well. Was it? Yeah, but even even if you did that, that's fair enough. Show that people. It was the most boring, mundane clip ever. Like I, it was this show. I don't know how bad it must be if these are the clips they're showing us. And oh, I, I like I, I I love analysis. Everyone who listens to this podcast knows that I love watching analysis. I love hearing about analysis. There's like Dominic Cruz is my favorite commentator because he does such good analysis. I absolutely love it. And if you're putting me off this show by these clips they're showing, what are you thinking with other people? Like, it's just so horrendous. It it sounds terrible. Like it. I don't Why know isn't it Dominic Cruz doing yeah. the the show? That's uh. the first thing I think of. It's like. Daniel Cormier is a really good fighter, and he, I'm sure he's a really good technician as well, knows the details, but that's Dominic Cruz. There's no question in the world about who's the best in the world at doing that. It's Dominic Cruz by far. It's it's baffling, yeah. but yeah. I, I, I didn't see this one, but I saw the one last week, and it looked terrible. We talked about it last yeah. week, but yeah, I suppose it doesn't really matter about ratings. Yeah, they just I don't need see content. doing any kind of ratings. Yeah, they just need content. Uh, so Frank Yeager versus uh, Max Holloway. How do you see this fight going? Who do you think will win? Um, I think Max Holloway will win. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm not re- like I'm not excited about this really too Me much either. at all. 
The, the yeah. weird thing about this is it, I've, I'm doing the exact opposite of what I tell myself and everyone listening to this to do is like think too much about the meaning behind someone getting a title shot and not think about the actual fight itself. I think the fight itself mightn't be too bad. It's not even that, is it? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I, it'll, it'll, it'll be good. It'll be a good fight. I think it'll, it won't be... I think it could be a bit like Edwards versus Masvidal in the domination realm where one guy has a couple of good rounds maybe and it's you know it could be a 48 47 on one card maybe in and, and you know a 50 45 on another card it could be one of those fights uh, as well but I I I find it very hard to see Frank Edgar winning this like is Frank Edgar going to go in there and get takedowns against Max Holloway put him on yeah, his back I think it would have to be Holloway like not looking good since like I know he beat Ortega, but um, since all the thing with the weight cut and then getting getting uh, beaten there by uh, Poirier right. not too long ago. When, when was that fight again? It was. It wasn't that it wasn't long too ago. Long was ago it? Was yeah, it? it was. Let me, yeah, let me just look it up. Three here. months ago. Yeah, somewhere around that. I'll, I'll look it up here. But yeah, it is. And he took some damage in that fight as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe that could play a factor. But if, if Holloway is looking like Holloway in that fight, the old Holloway, then. And he's not old. He's not an old man, so I expect him to look like the like the old guy. The only, the only thing, or the old uh, his old self. Mm-hmm. But the only the only thing that would like would concern me is how bad he looked in the weight cut. I know it's a bit of time ago now, and he has a win since, but maybe that could play a factor. But uh, I just don't think so. I think that's clutching a straws really to look for a reason for Frank Yeager to to win this. Yeah, March. Obviously, it's MMA. Anything can happen, and, yeah. and like you know. Uh, he could get caught with a shot or whatever, or, mm-hmm. I don't know, he could do the, the punch in the air, run around thing that, that that he's done in the past. And win a decision, is it? Yeah, but I think... It's harder yeah. to do that these days, isn't it? Unless you've, you know, Sal Diamato in there, like, like the Sinead Gavin fight from last week. But it's... <laughs> yeah, Irish biased bastard. <laughs> Frank Edgar's only beaten Cubs once and since he got knocked out by Brian Ortega in March 2018. So, like, in... What is it, close to 18 months now? He's only one win against a guy he'd already beaten and he beat him less decisively this time than he did the first time. So, like, you know, Ali Abdelaziz is obviously the reason why he's getting this and his close relationship with the UFC and Dana likes Frank Edgar and stuff as well. Uh, and I, I, my problem is just I want the division to move on. I think it's such a great division and it's not moving on and you're stuck with this. And, you know, that doesn't mean Frank Edgar won't win. You know, he, uh, as I said, like, I find it very hard to see him wrestling Max Holloway. I, I, you know, Holloway is not a guy with bad takedown defense. He's, he's good against wrestlers and stuff like that. And if he gets it striking, I think in today's scoring system, as, as we were talking about there, these throwing air shots and throwing a lot of volume with very, very little power doesn't score as highly as maybe it once did. And Max Holloway is better at landing power shots against Frank Edgar and probably a faster fighter now these days than Frank Edgar as well, even though, you know, Frankie was always known for his speed. But he's just a little bit older now. He, can't, he just can't be as fast as he, he once was and hasn't looked as fast as he once was in his last couple of fights. And we saw that Ortega fight. He was just um, out, you know beaten and outlasted and out outmaneuvered by a better fighter and Max Holloway you know outmaneuvered and destroyed that same fighter only a couple of months later so it's very hard to see Frank Gehr going in this fight unless Max Holloway is kind of old is over the hill <laughs> <laughs> yeah there is a bit of that there but uh, yeah, look, look, Max Holloway should win that. Then you have Chris Eiberg fighting Felicia Spencer in the women's featherweight division, the rare women's yeah, featherweight. Yeah, I don't know what to make of Spencer. Like she, uh, the only time I saw her was a uh, Megan Anderson fight, and mm-hmm. she looked great. Like obviously in the the tiny bit of time we saw her there getting a rear naked choke. Cyborg obviously um, <clears throat> coming off, you know, a heavy KO. 
heavy KO, like in like kind of maybe she hasn't lost in I don't know how many years before that in in MMA. So maybe that could affect her, but I think it's probably not it's hard to say not knowing too much about spencer but it's probably too early for her to go in there against cyborg but with cyborg coming off a heavy ko maybe maybe she'll be more hesitant or that'll factor in and mm-hmm. do her thinking or her game plan and she won't fight her normal game she fights and uh, she does have terrible takedown defense as well uh so it's hard oh, to cyborg know cyborg has terrible takedown defense yeah do you think so yeah, I remember Tanya Avenger was like taking her down, no problem. And, like, ah, sure not really. A little bit, but. Yeah, I think she does. Um, I think Cyborg will be moving forward, just trying to bait the head off her anyway. Like, like you know, like she normally. If Cyborg does. fights like Cyborg has fought for years, yeah, I think she'll she'll win. But it's hard to know when you don't when you have seen so little of uh, somebody, and they but they've been very impressive in the little you've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that as well. This is a fight, like I suppose beforehand. I don't think it's it's wrong to say that you'd favor Cyborg. You know, a lot. Uh, Felicia Spencer's obviously a good fighter, but it's it's impossible to know when someone's seven and zero and has never really fought anyone good. You know, Megan Anderson is a, a fine fighter, but she is not near the level level yeah. of a cyborg or Amanda Nunes or anything. I think like that. Though, like for years, people like uh, maybe maybe not maybe some people yeah, but uh, the fighters go in there against Cyborg thinking uh she's she's gonna, she's well, gonna yeah. win here, and then she's people watch her last fight and think mm-hmm. oh maybe maybe I have a chance here, and Spencer's undefeated, so she probably has a lot of a lot of confidence anyway so she's probably she's probably been um looking at cyborg for years maybe studying what she's been doing and maybe think she has the answer and is confident going in and that might that might have changed things as well yeah. she's seven and oh she has on her on her record here she has uh, another six uh amateur fights she lost her first one back in 2012 and but all, has won since then mm-hmm. so a lot of uh, a lot of finishes in her career as well. Yeah, so that, yeah, that uh, winning habit is good as well, isn't it? To, to kind of keep yeah, that, yeah. So yeah, fair play. It's funny actually that you mentioned. You know, um, t- talking about when someone's beaten and then it's not as hard to beat them afterwards. I heard I saw a clip and it was supposed my own fault. But looking at a, a Chael Sonnen clip the other day and he's talking about you know the four minute mile. He goes, oh, one guy did the four minute mile and then everyone was doing it and then eventually someone did a three minute mile. I was like, that can't be right. <laughs> I looked up the record. It's like three forty nine or something. Is the record for the mile? He says like someone beat it by a whole minute. What the fuck are you talking about, Chelsea? Yeah, fair, uh, what kind of Chelsea talking about? <laughs> also, if anyone ever needs a good laugh, and uh, I feel bad about saying it, but Brendan Schaub's comedy special. I looked. Uh, someone sent me something about it. And I was like, Jesus, it can't, it can't be that. You know, he has a comedy special. I haven't watched it. I, oh, okay, when I said somebody needs a good laugh, I don't mean go and watch it and you'll get a good laugh out of it. I mean, go to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, go to IMDb and read the... Uh, the, the comments on it you know the reviews oh my god someone uh, someone sent me the joke the other day everyone laughed when Brendan Schaub w- w- announced he was getting a comedy special well no one's laughing now which is <laughs> 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 f- very funny and I don't mind Brendan Schaub that much he's a bit of a doofus or whatever but you know I th- I, he's done well for himself you can't hate him on what he's done and he's you know podcast empire and all and there's you know he's gotten that American audience and stuff and you know fair play to him for that but yeah you know it must be tough as well to be kind of thrown in in there uh, and and having to do that when you've really no experience of doing it and stuff, but yeah, this is turned into Joe Rogan experience there, and we don't want that. But uh, <laughs> yeah. um, Jeff Neal versus Nico Price, and I think that's a fight I kind of called for a while back. That's a really fun fight. I like that one. Two heavy hitters in the welterweight division. That should be uh, fun. Olivia Obon Mercier versus Armon Tascarin. Uh, Christoph Jocko's on the card as well. Alexis Davis, Hakim yeah. Daudu. He used to train at SPG for a while. This card, though, this card for a pay per view. Not great, no. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's it's not great at all. I like actually like Pantoja versus Davidson Figueroa. Um, yeah, there's a good there's a good fight. Yeah. Your boy Eric Hawk is back as well. He's here. He's on the fucking Facebook prelims like Cole Miller back in the day. <laughs> did Eric, Eric Hawk did he fight Jose Aldo he didn't did he he was scheduled for ages no, I think to he fight was scheduled yeah. Yeah, was, yeah but sure look these things happen in MMA this podcast is very short I feel like that's what we've all talked about anything else Graham that we because it was mention? probably so many decisions there wasn't really much going it was boring fights for most of the cards yeah it was <laughs> next, week's, next week's card is just the pay-per-view is UC240 is just kind of lackluster on paper mm-hmm but um, we can talk a bit about uh, Liverpool being the champions of Europe. Or uh, no, are you going to be watching the 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 match tonight, the preseason friendly? Who are they playing? Sevilla. No, I'm not. You see, my boy Mason Greenwood scored last night for uh, for Man United again. He's, did they win? They did. Yeah, they've won every preseason game so far. I think so. Three. Who did they play again? Inter Milan. Ah, very good. Yeah, not too bad. No, not too bad. But um, Bellator media day on, on Tuesday. I suppose that's something. Um, MVP is going to be there. Shawnee getting the train up, as I mentioned earlier on. What are you looking for from that, Graham? You looking for a bit of shy talk? Looking for a bit of, you know, madness going on, going around there? What do you think? You should try and get. Um, I probably shouldn't say this on air, but fuck it. You should probably try and get a uh, MVP and Kylie to sit down together with you as the oh, like like the, the guy uh, in between, like uh, what's it, like, gloves, gloves off. Gloves are off. Oh, I wouldn't mind doing that. Yeah, someone else probably do that idea now. Just like uh, just uh, egg them on to say ridiculous things about each other. Yeah, actually, actually, here's a topic. What did you think, uh, John Kavanaugh and Graham Boylan? I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. They had a bit of a row there on Twitter, and then Graham Boylan came out and and apologized in a very kind of. My lawyer told me to apologize kind of way, you know? <laughs> <laughs> And then John Kavanaugh was kind of scoffing at him and stuff, which to me was just like illuminated John Kavanaugh and what he's been doing for the last few years. Like, you're, okay, if you're John Kavanaugh, SBG coach, and all your fighters in Bellator, and you're kind of you know on Bellator's side, I'm sure getting a lot of money out of uh, all your fighters being on Bellator with your 10-15% or whatever it is, and your management percentage as well, you know, every, as my and Pete were talking about in the podcast the last day, all but one fight on this upcoming Bellator card has an SBG fighter on it, so it's grand, look, you're taking that side, you're a, you're a, a coach of, of a S, uh, as he called it himself, straight Bellator gym on Ari Hilwani's podcast, but when you're the president of the IWMAA and you're scoffing and uh, have an, an online war with a promoter of someone who's n- who's done better work as a promoter for anyone in the history of MMA in Ireland that doesn't look too good to me does it you're supposed to be representing Irish MMA you should be like you should be doing all you can to be nice to Graham Byland to hope that he comes back to Ireland so that Irish MMA can flourish like it just made it perplexed me, really. It really did. What did you think of that? I don't know what's going on between Kavanaugh yeah. and Boylan. Um, in the past, I think it was there was a good relationship. I don't know where it soured or why it soured. Or uh, like there must have been something that, that that happened because you think you think when the guy has to when Boylan has to apologize, you think you just kind of leave it leave it at that. Yeah. But childish pain who knows who knows what happened? Yeah. What happened between them? Something something seems to have happened. Yeah. Maybe. It was petty enough from Graham Boylan as well, like, in fairness to be, you know, yeah. saying whatever he said, like, so. Both of them, that's what I mean, like, the, yeah. both of them was completely unnecessary, like, uh, unless something has happened between yeah. them. 
I don't know, but sure look, fucking Irish MMA like it, it and the five year anniversary as well of of uh, UFC Dublin. Like thinking about it, it's it's in such a fucking hole now. Like it's sad. It's actually sad to see like us covering the sport and even myself, BT talking about it. New people coming up, kind of co- trying to cover the sport. There's no events for them to cover really. Like and it, it you know, talking yeah, about where you supposed to like you know. There's no like Cajun tender ball zone. Do you like yeah. reg- regularly to kind of you know when we started doing this the first videos or whatever were, were terrible mm-hmm. you know you, you gotta go to these shitty events and do these shitty videos mm-hmm. <laughs> to get to get good and improve and it's all well and good like you go to the ufc a lot of a lot of media in the past or probably still now a lot of mma media they just want to go to the ufc that's yeah. all they want to do and fair enough uh the ufc will credential them then fair enough go but for the people who are really trying to make a go of it and actually want to go to events, it, the, there there is nothing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cage it's, legacy every six months. Yeah, and I don't see many people at that. Like apart from you know MMA Connect TV and us and Ko Media and your man Noli and your man Noli <laughs> Noli doing the he does the commentary from as well. So you know there there really isn't that much around the place. But there you go. Um, the same people. It's, it's same still, people as five years ago. Yeah, so. still, yeah, well maybe a little less, but yeah, the same people that came in kind of with the McGregor. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, the McGregor kind of. All the old people are all the old people like MMA captured and all all those fight people hound, are gone. Fight hounds, wasn't that yeah. one? That was your powerhouse yeah. is gone as well. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. doing management now and stuff as well. Yeah. So. Just severe MMA left. How long will we last, Graham? That's what I want to know. Who knows? People better better uh, sign up on Patreon. Sign up on Patreon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, imagine if we weren't still going five years on from UFC Dublin. I don't think there'd be anyone. Uh, PT's, you know, over in. Uh, over in the, covering in America and fighting in ESPN and stuff now, but like in Ireland itself, is there anyone you could still count PTS? Well, there's no one else though, is there really? So sign up on Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash Yeah, so here, let's answer a few questions out of there actually before we go. We've five minutes here. Christopher Graham, who will be the next MMA fighter to on retire? That's a good question. Who is it? Who's in fake retirement at the moment? Stefan Struve is one who's fake retirement. He definitely be back. He's got some actual bad. Shit going on with his heart or something, he? stuff, yeah. Yeah, Faber's already come back. Who else has fake retired recently? Uh, Chad Mendes, fake retired. Chad Mendes, oh, he'll definitely be back. Yeah, um, Neil, Neil Siri, no, he, I don't know, I nah. feel like he's gone. Pindred is not coming back, I don't think. Don't think so, yeah. no. Um, remember Johnny Jitsu fake retired there as well once, and he came ah, back. He fake yeah. retired a lot of times, yeah. didn't he? Did he? Did he? I don't remember. Yeah, he fake retired so. in, the, in the documentary we made for the Fighting uh, Irish, yeah, yeah. Yeah. About two weeks later, he was back. Remember, <laughs> McGregor fake retired there a few weeks ago as well. Did he officially unretire? No one even believed that one, but I don't know. What, what? Yeah, he said something, didn't he? He tweeted something. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. There's so many fake retirements these days. Yeah, but it's hard to keep up with all yeah. the fake retirements. Chab, Chab but there was one recently where somebody put their gloves down in the in the cage. Oh, yeah, who was that? That was only a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, who was that? Yeah. Hmm. It's hard to keep keep up with these favorite. It is hard down. to keep up. Fuck it. Who was that? What about yes. Anthony Rumble Johnson? Oh, oh it back? was Gustafson, wasn't it? Wasn't Gustafson? Oh, Gustafson. Yeah, 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 yeah. He'll be back. Yeah, Rumble will be back too. Yeah, PK, Rumble. PK. I don't know. If he gets any fatter, there might yeah. be no way back. Yeah. <laughs> Over in Japan, there's always heavyweight. Oh yeah, heavyweight. There's always way back. Uh, Ian O'Neill, Miles Price versus Kiefer Crosby is the best matchup to make right now, or would you go a different route with both fighters? Seems. I think no. I think no? give keeper the the rematch. Yeah, that's a good point as well. Yeah, that is a good. Point. Who does someone sign with Bellator there recently? And I said that'd be a good fight for someone. Who was it? 
I don't know. Uh, maybe Eric Silva versus Mike Price. How, how do you think about that? You know, get get Eric Silva over here. Let's let's see what the crack with him is, and fight him. You know, Miles Price beat Peter Peter um, Queeley in his last fight, and Queeley's fighting Ryan Scope here coming up in Dublin. So you know, if you want to push uh, Miles Price a bit after winning that fight, you, you you know you probably should. But I wouldn't mind seeing the Kiefer Crosby Miles Price fight. I believe Kiefer's going to be at this press conference on Tuesday, so maybe we'll find out then. Uh, but uh, there you yeah, go. Yeah, makes sense to put him against somebody in SBG as well. But I think, I think Kiefer the the rematch makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, last one here, Daryl Sullivan, uh, and I'll answer every other question that's been sent in on the Q and A uh, over on Patreon on Tuesday morning. Is there anyone in the UFC, current UFC roster posing? You can see posing a threat to Amanda Nunes. She has marked all top contenders and seems miles ahead of everyone. I I, I don't see anyone to be honest. Cyborg maybe if they fought again and went up, better. Pull up the rankings here. Ketlin yeah. Vieira is the one I think has probably the best chance at 135 mm. but it's a bit too soon I think I think it is as well and she's been injured a bit as well you know Valentina Shashinko as well they had a close fight before yeah but yeah she's kind of moved on to a different division now yeah. it's difficult um, to see isn't it really yeah it's a tough one like uh, I don't know Juliana Pena can't really see her like she's a good wrestler but I can't really see her causing problems Holly Holm no Duran to me like possibly maybe I could see that being like although it's difficult you know if you're big and long and able to use her length and her yeah but if you're looking at that fight right say 18 months ago you're probably thinking oh that could be a five round close decision maybe but now after the Holly Holm fight especially I think you know, it's very hard not to see Amanda Nunes marking everyone. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Around me though, as well. Like, you know, she she hits hard. Like, she does, um, yeah. you'd have to be careful uh, yeah. early, but yeah, um, that's probably the only one that I'd look at. But the rest of them. Mm. And the random the random keeps going as well. Yeah, you know, for serious improvements if they're going to be yeah. even competing with Amanda Nunes. I was watching Aldana last night and I think Amanda Nunes would mark her mm, but I'd like yeah. to see that fight. I think that'd be a really fun fight but yeah. As I was I was going to make a joke there Durandami keeps going for five minutes and five seconds of every round like so <laughs> you know it's, it's tough to tough to keep up with that pace as well but uh, you can't beat uh, that, she, that girl. She gives 110%. Oh, she literally does give 110%. <laughs> yeah. Although that'd be five minutes and 50 seconds. I don't know because it's 60 seconds. Ah oh, it's a bit more I don't know whatever it is. Relax you Do the match. Do the match. All right everybody. That's it. Congratulations to Graham on winning the uh, the Champions of Europe thing. I'll be up in Dublin there on Tuesday. I'll be up in Dublin next, next Saturday to see Limerick beat the mighty Kilkenny as well. Uh, I'll have so, to do a, a football podcast on Patreon when the, the transfer window slams shut. Slams shut at 18 minutes. But I know, what is it? It's 11 o'clock, but it's actually like half 12 or something, isn't it? I don't know, like many noises. Did they not like sell somebody cleverly at like fucking 2 a.m.? <laughs> Thank <something>? fuck. <laughs> Wasn't there some kind of like was, fucking yeah. way late? I don't know. Once you have once you have the paper thing in the before it, like the signed sheet, you can put what's in the signed sheet in on that after I think you've two hours or something. But yeah, that's that's dims the rules, Graham. Dims the rules. Yeah, you got to make sure that fax machine's fucking well oiled. Have Liverpool signed anyone this season yet? Uh, a couple of youngsters, uh, uh, young Dutch defender. Um, who else? Somebody else. That that young lad is it Rian Bruce or something? Is he getting? Oh well, he's yeah he, he he obviously is a very good player in the academy and uh, for in the World Cup for England under underage and he's he's very good like uh, in the in the little bits we've seen of him he scored four goals in in three games in in 
preseason so far. Mm. One was a penalty, but you know he, it's good to see him grab the ball, like and uh, especially with like you know other other good players on the, the first team regulars on the pitch and slotted in the top corner shows confidence and belief in himself that is important for young players. And yeah, it's it's Liverpool uh, though, so they'll never give you the chance unless it's you know right back or something. Other than that, they'll they'll never give a striker a forward player. You they'll they'll sell him to Bournemouth. What about Joe, Joe Gomez and Trent? Is right back, kind of right, right, right back. He's playing kind of like right wing rather than right back. He's, he's right playing as more of a wing, like he's more of a winger than a than a fullback. You're, you're only proving my point here. Am I? Yeah, you are. They're both right backs. So what are you talking about? Uh, like Joe Gomez playing centre back. Then one forward in the last 20, 10 years that Liverpool have given a good chance to and played a lot as as a forward going player. One, David and Gog. <laughs> and he they bought <laughs> they bought him too, didn't they? They bought him from yeah, yeah Anthony exactly. De and Cinema Pongo. They bought him as well, didn't they? <laughs> that was probably fucking fifteen years ago. Man United are fucking a tree there at the moment playing. Man United are shite though. So they are shite. Maybe should <laughs> exactly yeah exactly but sure go on we leave you all at it that's it that's the end of the podcast if you enjoyed it as I said sign up on Patreon patreon.com forward slash severe podcast for the price of a pint a month um, you can you can sign up there if you sign up for a $20 subscriber you can get us to do a 15 minute podcast for you every month so sign up $20, $20 whatever you want to talk about myself and Graham will make you a personalised 15 minute podcast if you sign up for a tenner you get other stuff as well which I can't remember but you'll just, you'll just be, <laughs> you'll be giving us extra money if you, you'll see it on the website anyway alright everybody thanks very much for listening and all left now is the inspirational quote of the week every man dies but not every man lives We'll see you next Tuesday or Sunday or Monday.